Purpose can mean a lot of things. You have yours, I have mine. What if your purpose is being able to dance with your daughter on her wedding and you are in a hospital, uh, perhaps not going to live? What if your purpose is being at that wedding? Dan Lawson shares his amazing story next. Hello, friends, and welcome to Purpose Under Pressure, sharing stories of purpose and the people and the storms that rise in the business world that sometimes can knock us off our track. And that's what this is all about. I am Brian Leffelock. I am glad you're here. Let's turn it up. Our guest today is Associate Vice President of Corporate Relations with Ashland University, also and maybe even more purposeful for this program, the CEO of Petros Consulting Services. They are consulting services for leadership, management, ethics, training, and organizational design. He has a doctorate in ministry, a PhD in organizational leadership, and he is a solid man that I know to be a great leader and a good friend. And I'd like to welcome Dan Lawson, Dr. Dr. Dan, to <laughs> Purpose Under Pressure. Welcome, Dan. That's right. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Really glad you're here. Tell me about Petros. Petros. Tell me about Petros. Okay. Tell me yeah. about Purpose what are you up to over there at that, at that at that location? Certainly. So Petros Consulting Services actually started when I was a pastor, and I was uh, doing church growth consulting and helping churches break the 200 barrier, helping churches grow. And I had created a program of postdoctoral study after my first doctorate called Living Sacrifice. And Living Sacrifice then was helping churches organize their lay volunteers. Because as you know, you know, you can't fire a volunteer sometimes. Well, you can, but it's more difficult to do. (laughs) So how do you organize your volunteers in the church? And so I created this looking at the spiritual gifts that God has given us, looking at personality type using the Myers-Briggs type indicator, and looking at how God created us. Psalm 139 is an interesting passage because it talks about God knew all the days of our life before there was even one of them, and he knew all the words that would be on our lips. So I was intrigued in doing that correlation by looking at spiritual giftedness and then looking at the way we have been created. So the way we were created and then the equipment that God gave us. But then along with that, the third entity was looking at our passion, our purpose, why God put us here. And so that started to grow and expand, and I slowly then started expanding into the business world in the corporate arena, because a lot of businessmen are saying, could you come and organize my team like this at my workplace? And so it started growing and expanding into that area too. And so those three things, though, I think, purpose is very, very important. And so what, which types of businesses are you working with? Is it, is it churches and corporations and what sizes and how are you helping them? What do they need that you're coming along and helping them with? Certainly right. Uh, I, it's been a while since I've done church consulting because uh, the business stuff kind of took up uh, yeah, really, really strongly. And so uh, organizational teams, helping people organize their teams, uh, do a lot of leadership training and development. One of the things I do when I talk to companies, I ask, what do you need? And some of the things they're coming back with are saying soft skills. We need to, somebody to train these people in soft skills. And so I've been doing some of that kind of stuff too. I actually have a little uh, series of vignettes I call it Soft Skills for Life lessons to help with some of those things. And so do you find that you're best served helping people understand how to put their purpose into action, how to rely on it, or is it finding their purpose in the first place? Both are very difficult sometimes. Uh, They are very, very difficult, Uh, very different things too, because your purpose, uh, I mean, purpose without passion, I think is kind of dead. 
Mm-hmm. You know, if you, you have a purpose, you're there to do that job, that purpose, but you're not really excited about it. You're not passionate about it. And so a lot of times in your job and in the workplace, there's a purpose. You need to do this because that does this. Then, And they give you a purpose for doing that job. And heaven forbid that you have a job where they're not giving you the purpose behind that. Because when people don't know the purpose for why they're doing what they're doing, then it's going to fall dead. It's going to be uh, demotivating. Uh, so understanding the reason behind the purpose is, is important. But uh, I like to help people also focus in on their life purpose, their life calling, I guess. Why are you here? What are you on this earth for? What is that purpose? And then tying that with passion. Because I think uh, purpose provides us with that guidance, uh, gives us uh, the guidance we need to make decisions. But when you tie purpose with passion, that's going to be the inspirational part of your life. That's going to give you that true grit to stick to it when you have your purpose and your passion tied together. And then, of course, passion, then those things also help you then discover your, your core values. Mm-hmm. What, are my, what are my non-negotiables? What are the things that uh, I will not sacrifice, I will not give up? And so all of that is kind of tied together. And I, I like helping people come to that discovery. And so which, this is exactly what this show is about, purpose under pressure, the pressure being when things don't match up with your purpose and you have to figure out, because the purpose, tell me if I'm wrong, you're the expert here, Dr. Dr. Dan, the purpose doesn't change, right? My inner purpose, this is what I was put on this earth for. It's up to me to figure that out and then to withstand the storms. If I'm in a job or if I'm living a life or I'm doing something that doesn't match up with my purpose, is it on me to figure out how to find passion? Or is it on me to find a better situation? What, can I fight through that storm? Or how, what, what yeah. do I do? I think uh, when you don't have the passion behind your purpose, you're going to cave in a lot sooner mm. uh, because that purpose tied with passion motivates you. It gives you that motivation to press on when the storms come. So if you don't have that, maybe, yeah, it's a both end. Maybe go find a better position where, where you're more suited for that kind of thing. To where you understand the reason. I think this falls back on our on our leadership too. The the bosses we have. It's it's the responsibility of the boss. I just did a short little thing about that where the reward is not just a paycheck. The boss has to say this is why we're doing this, and here's the outcome. Here's the result. And so we're not just building a bridge, but we're building a better bridge. We're not mm-hmm. just doing putting this foundation here, but we're creating something that succeeding generations will be able to. Uh, use and enjoy. And so you've got to give that motivating purpose behind things, I think. And so is that something that you can, you help with, with Petrus Consulting is because this is a very challenging time for employers. It's hard to find the right people. And sometimes any old body with blood coursing through the veins will work. And, 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 and that's not the right necessarily a win-win because it doesn't match the company's purpose or the person's purpose. Is the, is the onus now on the leader of the organization to change in some way to be able to help others fill their purpose. You're absolutely right. right. And this younger generation working at Ashland University, I've had experience to work with the younger generation. And this younger generation, they need to know that purpose. Uh, They're all about life-work balance now. And they're all about, because they've seen their parents burn out. They've seen their parents uh, really get used up by their job. And they're like, I'm not going to let that happen to me. When I was young, uh, I first started out, we would say I would rather burn out than rust out, but it didn't take me long to figure out that either way, you're still out. 
And so <laughs> this younger generation is saying, I need to know the purpose for this. And I need to know what the motivating factor is behind this. And they want to get passionate about their jobs. They want to care about their jobs. They don't want just a job that's going to give them a paycheck. They want something yeah. that they can care about. I'm very interested in your purpose, and I want to get to that in a second, but I want to follow this up one more time here from the corporate level. Can you give me an example, perhaps without giving away specifics, but can you give me an example of an organization that you were working with that was struggling in some way, that was having trouble accomplishing what they were trying to do because the purposes didn't align, and, and maybe even ways that you were able to help them through that through that storm? Yes. Um I worked with, I've worked with a lot of different organizations. This happened to be a credit union that I was working with, and uh, a number of things happened there. I did some assessments on their middle-level management because they wanted to look at who they could promote and who they needed, needed to stay where they were and who they needed to maybe let go of. And yeah. so they hired me to come in and do these assessments for them. And one of the things I discovered, though, was that the CEO hired everybody that was exactly him. You know, he's, he hired everybody that had his exact same personality type. He hired everybody because he could identify them. He could relate to them. But that then created uh, stagnant uh, situations. And it gave rise to the idea. And in fact, there was a lady in their HR department that were telling people, just put your time in and you'll get a promotion. Oh, gosh. Just stick it out here long enough and you'll get a promotion. Just show there up. There was no purpose behind it. And so we identified then, this is a credit union. You're dealing with people's life savings. You're helping people be financially successful. You're helping people prepare for retirement. When they saw that, then they became alive. Then they began to wake up and understand, oh, so I'm not just sitting here cashing checks. Uh, I have a bigger purpose. I have a bigger reason. And so helping people see maybe the end goal or the big picture sometimes. How does that actually play out? Because I, the, you, if, you, with, if you're trying to find that purpose, you still just, you want that paycheck, right? I mean, that's why we go to work. Right. Is the, is the employee always willing to accept that that's the real thing? Or do they ever say, yeah, whatever, that's fine. I mean, do they ever, do they always listen to what you have to say? Or did they kind of give it a, a push away? Yeah. Well, sometimes <laughs> it's both ends. Some yeah. can give it a push away. It, it's a matter of, uh, are you willing to do the work? Yeah. And you why? Know, are you willing to do the work to make this better? But for a lot of people too, they feel if they feel they're stuck in a dead end job that doesn't match their life goal, their life purpose, their life passion, there's an incongruity between work life balance. Yeah. And so I think it's so important for us to find the jobs that we know resonate with us and yeah. with our purpose and our life calling. Yeah. And they're out there. We just have to stick to our purpose and go out and find the ones. That's the hardest part. Yep. Sometimes you just need the paycheck. I get that. There's nothing wrong with that. But you got to keep your eye on that prize. So tell me about you, Dan. Is, have there been some times for yourself? And you've had a, a long and storied and, and very ethical uh, career. Um, when people talk about you, they talk about good things. But there's well, have to have been some times yeah, <laughs> when, when, when maybe the storms arose that, that you wondered, you know, what, what's my next step? Tell me a little bit about yourself there. Well, uh, this is a little bit more on a personal level uh, sure. because I've always said that successful leaders are successful because they understand themselves first. They understand their motives, their passions, their desires, and then that helps them to begin to understand others. And so I've always tried to live by that practice of uh, knowing who I am and what I'm here for 
and where I can fit in. Because that gives us the ability then to know where to say yes and to know where to say no. Uh, right. Because my personality type, I have a hard time saying no. And right. so I tend to say yes to everything. And then that stretches me too thin. So when you fall back on that life purpose, that life reason, your core values, my reason for being here, it helps you know what to say yes to and what to say no to. Uh, it also gives us the ability to be persistent in things. And so there's more of an art form there in knowing when to keep pushing mm -hmm. uh, and when to pull the plug. Mm -hmm. Because persistence alone, for the sake of just being persistent, won't get it unless you have that tied to your passion, your purpose, your reason for being. And so knowing yourself, knowing your, or your purpose and your passion, that helps you then be persistent in the times. It was uh, uh, the guy who wrote Wizard of Oz, Baum, uh, yeah, he had submitted it for publication so many times and it kept getting rejected, it kept getting rejected. After his last rejection, he threw it in the trash can and said, I'm done because this isn't working. But his wife pulled it out of the trash can and said, one more time, one more time, because I know you're passionate about this and I know there's a purpose for this. And so she got him to submit it to one more publisher and it got published. And as you know, the rest of the story, The Wizard of Oz, mm -hmm. uh, it came was the end result out of that. So having that passion tied to your, your, your goals, your core values, your purpose, that gives you the ability to be persistent. But what In happens my personal when... example, you, you yeah. asked for a personal example. Yes, yes. Um, there was a time in my life when everything uh, kind of fell apart. Are you a business owner or manager whose sales staff struggles prospecting and driving new business? Do your sellers need a serious tune-up? As the new economy grows, make sure your sales team is ready to grow your business. The Ruby Group, a Sandler sales training facility, builds well-oiled, bulletproofed sales teams. Take control of your revenue success. Email mike.jones at sandler.com. That's mike.jones at sandler.com. And don't forget, in the trenches, we don't default to our level of expertise. We default to our level of training. In this case, it was leukemia. Oh. And so uh, my my life was going well. My career path was going well. I had a good career tra trajectory. I was being able to help a lot of people. And then I got sick and um, didn't know what it was. And long story short, I ended up up in Cleveland at the uh, Seidman Cancer Center fighting leukemia. And there are a number of things, a number of stories that I can tell you about that. But when I got there, they said, you're going to expect to stay at least six weeks in this room because you have no immune system. If you leave this place, you'll die. The common cold could kill you, all that kind of stuff. You know, I think they were trying to give me a motivating purpose there, but mm. uh, it felt like a prison too. Uh, and I refused to stay in that bed. And there's a reason for that. Uh, yeah. My daughter was going to get married. And she was going to get, this was uh, late September. I was diagnosed uh, about five years ago. I was diagnosed late September. My daughter was going to get married in May. And so I was determined. I wanted to be there to dance at her wedding. You know what I mean? I of wanted course. to be there for that wedding. And so I got out of the bed every day because I noticed some of the other cancer patients in there, they had just given up. And they went to bed and they stayed there. They didn't feel good. They didn't feel well. They got tired and they just went to bed and they stayed in the bed. 
I was determined I wasn't going to do that. Mm. So I would get out of the bed in the morning and I would not get back in that bed until it was time to go to bed at night. And I would take my IV pole and walk up and down the hallways. And the nurses called me a walkie-talkie because I would walk and I would try to interact and talk to other patients and things like that. <laughs> uh, but I was not going to get back in that bed. They had to give me blood transfusions. Uh, they said, you want to lay down for this because it's not going to make you feel good. And I said, no, we'll do it right here in this chair uh, because I would not get back in that bed. I am interested. I always think of purpose as this big thing, this far-reaching, this big vision, big North Star. Mm -hmm. In that instance, your purpose was your daughter's wedding, wasn't it? It was it one was. point on your calendar. That's right. right. That's right. And so I would walk, I would talk, I would stay out of the bed. I would sometimes come back from my walk and sit in the chair and fall asleep, and the nurses would come in and say, we wish you'd lay down uh, because uh, <laughs> we don't know if you're going to fall out of this chair or not. But I had that purpose, uh, and it was... Uh, there were some other things that happened, some God moments, really, that happened there, that literally God said, I'm not finished with you yet. Uh, there's more for you to do in this life. So they told me I would be in the hospital for six weeks. I got out in three. There you go. After three weeks, I got out, and I did get to go to my daughter's wedding. I was still having infusions, chemo, and, and things like that, but they gave me a week off to go to be a, for her wedding, and... At the reception, boy, there wasn't a dry eye in the house, and I was blubbering and crying like everybody else. My daughter got up and she said, you know, back in September, we didn't know if my father would be here. And so I still get emotional. It's been five years. I still get emotional about it. Yeah. Um, there was a song that I used to sing to my wife. I will give you a daisy a day. I'll give you a daisy a day, and I'll love you until the rivers run still and the cold winds we know blow away. So she wanted to do a father-daughter dance to that song. And I didn't know she was going to do that. And so uh, oh that was uh, an emotional moment, but it was, a, it was a reward. The purpose paid off. And so the purpose wasn't just to live. You, you would have lived or you wouldn't have lived, and you could have had a different purpose or a longer term, and God had other plans for you, and so let's pretend you were getting out of there anyway. Mm -hmm. Your purpose uh, got you out quicker, got you out to be able to experience things, that you wouldn't have otherwise experienced. Was there any moment in the hospital when you just, this just isn't going to happen. I'm just going to, this, I'm, I don't, I'm not strong enough. Was there any moment where you kind of felt like this is, it's not going to work? Uh, well, there was. When I got to the hospital, they didn't know what it was. And so it took them three days to diagnose what kind of leukemia I had. And there are multiple forms of leukemia. I didn't know that. Uh, they tried to do bone marrow biopsies, and they couldn't get any bone marrow because it had dried up. They, were, they called it a dry tap. And so it took them three days before they were finally able to diagnose what kind of leukemia I had. Uh, they hadn't started treatment yet, so they had moved me into the cancer unit. And that night, after they told me what the diagnosis was, uh, I still was wearing a telemetry unit. But I had gotten into bed, I, my wife had gone home, I had gotten into bed, and I started to shiver. And then those shivers turned into shakes, those shakes turned into convulsions. And uh, it must have set off alarms because the nurses came rushing in, two nurses came running in, and, and there was the nurse's aide. The nurse's aide was packing these warming gel packs around my core, my body. Uh, one was working on the IV, one was taking vitals, and they were doing sorts of, all sorts of things. Apparently what had happened... I bled out internally so much that the bottom dropped out of my blood pressure. My. And so I thought, this is it. Uh, sure. I'm done. I'm gone. I'm, 
and I was I was ready. I I have to say, and I'm not bragging, but there was never a moment of fear because I knew where I was going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my only concern was for my wife and my family, and how will they get by without me and that kind of a thing. But yes, I thought I'm done. I'm going. I couldn't control it. They were doing all these things to me, giving me these medications and all these different things. I simply said, God help. You leaned and on your faith. In that instance, mm-hmm. yes. In that instance, God showed up by, the, by my bed. He put his hand on my chest and he said, peace, be still. And I drifted off to what I thought was a quiet, peaceful sleep. They actually said I lost consciousness. But for me, it was a peaceful rest. Uh, and so that was that instance where I wasn't sure if my purpose was going to get me through or not. But I relied back on my faith. And uh, it was other things like that that gave me that illustration that my life isn't done yet. But it puts a whole new perspective then. So I'm not living this earth just to work a job. I'm not on this earth just to get a paycheck. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. People need to be paid, and they need to be paid well for the work they're doing. And you That's do right. need to put food on your table and that kind of thing. But your overarching life purpose is the goal. And, and that's kind of where I want to bring this around full circle. How does your experience going through that facing the end and living on your purpose and living on your faith and counting on those two things, not giving up to get through, you were able to get through. You were extremely healthy, vibrant, making a difference in your community. And, and your grandfather for your, I don't know if your grandfather, I know you're- your, I your, am, yes. Yeah, yep, your grandfather. Um, so, you, so you made it through based on purpose. How does that story impact how you teach in the corporate setting? How you show the example? Are you able to use that as proof that this just really matters? Uh, I am, yeah. I'm able to help people. That's the, that's the thing I love doing is helping our young people discover their life passion, yeah. their life calling, and help them be successful helping them get into internships, helping them get into uh, jobs, and, and helping make sure that, that that job that they're doing is going to align with who they are as a person, too, and as, as an individual. And uh, that's the thing that kind of turns me on. And so it has changed all that. I, I, I tell people now, don't just look at your skills and abilities and find a job that works, that, that they fit, but look at your life, your whole life. You know, you, do you work to live or do you live to work? And those kinds of things, helping people. So it has changed because I want people to understand their, their bigger picture, their bigger life calling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, and this show, this podcast is designed to help people realize that, you know, even when they're on their knees, even when it's raining really hard, stick to that purpose and get through it. Don't quit. Don't give up and don't settle and don't take shortcuts. That's what this show is designed to do. Tell me a little bit about how people would reach out to you to engage with you, to talk to you about purpose. Maybe there's a corporation out there that wants to talk about hiring you, whatever it might be. How would they get in touch with you and, and, and maybe even what could they expect when they do? Uh, certainly, yeah. I, uh, I'm a published author. I've got uh, books on servant leadership. I've got chapters in textbooks and all those kind of things. But what I really like to do is to sit down with people one-on-one to identify it's like peeling the onion to get to the core of what the issue really is, to get to the core of what their needs really are, and then we can begin to build a path and a plan to move forward from that. And so it's it's a process. It takes some time. Uh, I've done some executive coaching and things like that to help people. Sometimes we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. You know, and so... All the time. 
Yes, right, right. <laughs> and, and so I was, there was some politician, I'm trying to remember the situation, where uh, they were asking him about uh, the, the secret the things that were going on and the government was doing, and there's, he said it was like this. There are things that we know that we know, and there are things that we know that we don't know, and then there are things that we don't know that we know, and then the things we don't know that we don't know. It was one of those weird <laughs> moments when the newsroom <laughs> fell quiet as people were trying to unravel what he just said. It's my desire to help people discover maybe those blind spots, maybe <laughs> those things that they don't know yet, but also accenting the positive and looking at the things where they're really, really good at and helping them identify those things and how that works together in their overall life. Is there a website or a LinkedIn page, or how, how would people reach out to you? Yes, I am on LinkedIn, okay. uh, Dan Lawson on LinkedIn, but uh, I, my email address, I've got, you, you mentioned Dr. Doctor, the students yeah. call me Dr. Doctor because I have two doctorates, so it's Dr. Dr. <laughs> Dan Lawson at gmail.com, so it's drdrdanlawson at gmail.com, uh, and then I do have a, a channel on YouTube, and my YouTube channel is at Dr. Dr. Dan, so D-R-D-R-D-A-N on my YouTube channel. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, people can reach me through my okay. Gmail account. I'm glad people can reach you. I'm glad we're having this conversation. I'm glad you relied on your purpose. I'm glad you had a purpose. And, and, I, and I'm glad you're out there helping people find theirs and, and putting, putting those pieces together. And so, Dan, thanks for all that you do. And thank you for being a guest on Purpose Under Pressure. Well, thank you for this opportunity. It means a lot to me that you entrusted me with this opportunity. I'd entrust you with a lot, my friend. Thank you very much for being on the show. Dr. Dan Lawson with Petros Consulting Services, and we are thrilled that he was a part of Purpose Under Pressure. It's brought to you by Brian Media Strategies, providing brand building strategies for small business growth. We do it on target, on budget, and of course, on purpose. Check out brianmediastrategies.com. A lot of past Purpose Under Pressure and all the future ones uh, are there. Like also, wherever you find your podcast, or you can contact me via LinkedIn. I'm Brian Lovelock. This is Purpose Under Pressure. We'll turn it up again next week.